there's a phrase in the Bible that I read years ago when I was a teenager. And it always stuck with me because it seemed like a very powerful statement that if I could really understand fully and live fully, that I could come more awake inside myself. I could come more awake in the realms of spirit. And it's a very simple statement, and I haven't heard it referenced but just a few times in my life. And the statement is, it's what you do in the body, not with the body, that matters. Think about it for a minute. It's what you do in the body, not with the body, that matters. And in truth, that is the story of the spiritual journey. If we can begin to understand that little statement, and really begin to live in a different way and take responsibility for what we are doing inside with our thoughts, with our feelings, with our reactions and actions. That's what I'm always talking about when I share about the spiritual path, is that we are to be responsible for our thoughts and our feelings, our actions and reactions. And that all takes place inside, not in the world, not with this body. The real pathway is within. And all the things that stand between us and God are within us. It has nothing to do with this outer world. It's all right there inside. And in order for that pathway that is inside of us to truly be open and truly be available to be walked freely with clear awareness and intention of going home to God even while you're in the body. We have to go in and begin to clear that pathway of all the junk that we have put there. All the judgments, all the fears, all the blames, all the angers, all everything that we have done with our mind, with our emotions, with our belief systems, with what other people have told us and we have taken on as our own. That's where we have to become responsible and begin to bring everything into alignment and balance. So much is said about what we are doing with the body in the world and putting judgment and creating separation between ourselves and God with what we're doing with the body. And there's very little that is said with what we are doing in the body. And yet what is said in the Bible is the truth. It is what we do in the body that matters. So as we are meditating, we want to do one thing, and one thing only, and that is to hold our attention on God and just share our loving with God and open to receive God's loving. That's what meditation is. Meditation is not about finding solutions in the world, trying to ask for help, trying to get solution. Meditation is about you going inside and truly developing a relationship with God personally 
where you are just sharing your loving with God, even if you don't believe or know or feel the loving inside yourself and don't believe in God, do it anyway. Because if you put something in action, you are going to witness a response to that action. I have seen several people who, not really believing in God, have sat down and done a meditation practice where they just held their focus on God. And over time, they have found God revealing themselves, bringing God's loving in. And they developed a wonderful relationship in that way. I know for myself, when I was younger, I started a spiritual journey very, very early on. I was praying. I wasn't meditating because I did not know of meditation at that time. But I would find that I would be praying to God and talking with God and just sharing my loving with God. And sometimes the opening was there the means by which to just share my loving with God was there. And other times it was closed down. And it was a struggle to try to even begin to focus inward and upward and share my love with God or to open and receive God's loving. And that's where I became aware of all these things that I myself placed in the way of that action my fear, my judgment, my beliefs, and the things that I took on from others and made them mine. My mother was a great worrier. And she believed you had to worry and worry enough to get what you wanted. And I took that on for a while. And I realized that the more I worried, the more I felt separate from God. And I had to let go of the worry of things in order to once again have that pathway open up for me. So if you're meditating, or if you're going to begin meditating, have just one goal in mind, and that is God and have an awareness in mind, and that is if you find a challenge and looking in and up and holding that focus inward and upward and sharing your loving with God, look to see what is standing between you and God and look and see who put it there because more than likely it was you. And it's for you then to go in and let it go. Remove it, release it, forgive it, whatever it takes. For me, a lot of times it's just going in and going, oh, there you are again. Okay, I just release you one more time. I'm not going to live you. I'm not going to live into you. I'm not going to believe into you. I'm going to let go of you and just live into God. And that works for me. It's just that simple now. But it wasn't in the beginning. 
I know when I was very young, I blamed my mom, I blamed my dad, I blamed my brother for all those things that stood between me and God. Couldn't be me, I didn't do it. It had to be them. And inside I would be doing all I could to handle whatever it was that was standing between me and God as a barrier. And then one day I heard inside a very clear, clear voice that said, Jim, claim it as yours and it will be gone. What? And I wouldn't do it. I said, no, this isn't mine. This was something that I thought my brother had taught me and given to me to do. And that I was running his process. So I wouldn't do it. I kept saying, no, no, this is my brother's and I'm going to you know, let go of my brother. I'm going to let go of this because he gave it to me. After two, three weeks of my struggle, because this just stood in front of me so clearly, I remembered that statement and I thought, okay, I'll claim it as mine and let's just see what happens. I claimed it as mine and instantly it just dissolved before me. Just claiming it and saying, this is mine. I created this and I release it. I release it in loving. I release it to God, however you want to say it. But it just dissolved and the flow of loving with God was right there once again. And in came God's grace. In came God's loving. So if you are longing for God, if you are looking for God inside yourself, in the world, however you're doing it, look and realize that it's the inner pathway that is the true pathway of revelation, of realization, of living the loving that you are. You are divine, living, loving essence of the Lord. That's who you are. You as soul are divine. You are not this body. You are not this imagination or emotion or mind. You are soul. You are just using those instruments, those tools of this body to have experience here but you are not that. And if you can begin to rise above all those qualities of the physical self and begin to glimpse into and move into and live into the truth of who you are as a divine child, as that divine loving essence, you will transform. Because you will begin to live into that joy, into that peace, into that loving that is you, the soul. I was in meditation earlier when we were all meditating. And I often say there's only one true thing in this creation. Only one true thing. Everything else is an illusion. But there's one thing that's real here. And that is your soul. And as I was in meditation, I wasn't thinking about that, but in came a presence that said, there's one other thing besides the soul 
that is true here. And I went, what? Wait a minute, I've been saying this all along and now I'm wrong? <laughs> and they said, you're not wrong. You just forgot to mention that the other true thing is the sacred name of God. There are two things that are true and real here. One is your soul and one is the sacred name. And in order for the soul to liberate itself from this creation, it needs the sacred name, the keys to the kingdom, to be able to liberate itself from this illusion. It's quite amazing. The soul in its journey, once God brought forward the soul and said, here now, my child, go and experience all of my creation and experience me in all of creation. We went off and began to journey throughout all the spiritual universe and began to go through all the different aspects that are God in manifestation and God's creation. And it's a wonderful journey. And it's awakening the soul ever to the greater fullness of God. And then we entered into this aspect of God because this illusion, this creation, is also an aspect of God. This aspect of God is the, re the, ref the reflection, the reflective quality of God. The only challenge here is that it isn't such an easy part of the journey. This is the only place in all of God's creation where we enter into separation where we enter into illusion of that reflective quality. And in that, we go in for the journey, but it becomes a very, very long journey because we are ever chasing after reflection and after illusion and not the truth. In all the other realms of spirit, and all the other aspects of God that we have journeyed into and are going to go through, we are ever present of God. God in us and God in all manifestation and creation. And there is no separation there. There is just a continuing movement of awakening into the greater loving that is God. But because this aspect of God called called Arinjan, called Reflection, called Lucifer, called so many things, removed that aspect of God from the spiritual realms to create this creation. We, in order to come and experience what that aspect of God has created, we also have to enter into separation. We separate ourselves from the realms of spirit and wake up here in this world of reflection. And the challenge is that the moment we did that, we turned away from God. We looked away from God and looked into the reflection and we have believed the reflection. And we're ever chasing after that. But that's what God wants. God wants us to come down here and experience this aspect of God as well, the reflective quality. 
And in order to do that, we have to turn away from God, just as the reflective quality turned away from God, in order to have full experience here. And so off we go on a journey, looking away from God and looking into the reflection, looking into the illusion for this great journey of separation. The challenge for the soul is that it goes into a state of forgetfulness because it gets caught up in the mind and it gets caught up in the illusion. And it begins to forget the truth of what it is as soul, as a divine aspect of God in itself. And it begins to forget where it originally came from and believes that this is now home. But again, that's okay in God's journey here because we have to fully go into every aspect of God and experience every aspect of God in order to be fulfilled and be able to return home as a fulfillment. And so we do that here as well. And so off we go in all this journey lifetime after lifetime, embodiment after embodiment, to have experience to the fullest. Well, when we have fulfilled ourselves here, we are ready to return home to God, and God begins to call us home, and we begin to feel that pull inside. We feel it as a longing. We feel it as a dissatisfaction with this creation. I went out of here. I don't know why. I just want to go. And we begin to go inside. We begin to search inside because we've looked out here enough. We've gone through all that we could go through out here and never found the truth that we're longing for. And now the soul begins to wake up. The soul begins to have a glimmer of its own true light. Where before it was chasing after the light of reflection in this creation, it now begins to be aware of that inner divinity, that inner light, that inner truth. And it begins to look inside and go within. During the journey here, we have placed a lot of judgments against ourselves. We have lived into fear. This world creates a lot of fear. This whole world of reflection is the valley of shadows. And aren't the shadows pretty frightening? I remember as a child, I would lay there in bed and there might have been a nightlight on. But still, that light created shadows in my room. And my mind would just play with those shadows and all of a sudden they were moving. Oh my God, it's getting closer. And that's what we do. All these shadows, all these belief systems, all these qualities of illusion that are ever running will play on us and we will go into our pattern of fear.
those are the things that create separation between us, the soul, and God. And those are the things that lie within us on that inner journey. Then we have to go inside and begin to release all those things, transform all those things, and move beyond them. The one thing that will do that with us and for us is that sacred name. The sacred name of God. The unspoken name of God. The one true name. It's the only thing that truly is loving in this creation other than the soul that is you. Your soul is the living, loving essence of the Lord. And the name of the Lord, when it's given an initiation begins to awaken the soul to its own divinity, its own true loving, and assist the soul in beginning to live that loving to the fullest so that it can again follow that loving home. And that pathway of loving is within. We close our eyes. We hold our focus at the seat of the soul and we begin the journey above the mind and above this creation. And for some, it's a very easy, simple journey. Partly because in other lifetimes, we have practiced this as well, become pretty proficient at it, but just wouldn't let go of the world fully. And for some of us, this may be the beginning of the journey. And we may be having to do a lot more inner work in order to truly begin to wake up. It doesn't matter where we are on the journey. What matters is, is that we sit down daily and we hold our focus inward and on God and in loving God and allowing God to love us. That sounds like a strange statement, allowing God to love us. But we have to open the door. We have to invite God in. God will not impose on you anything. Not even God's presence. Not even God's loving. Even though the one thing God wants to do more than anything in all of creation is to love you is to truly, truly ever be sharing loving with you. But God is not going to do that unless you invite God in. Unless you allow that loving. And the way you do that is you share your loving with God. And that opens the door to allow the loving in. And believe me, the loving is just waiting for that opportunity. God is just waiting to be able to share loving with you. God's loving is always right there with us, just as the grace is always right there with us. But if we're ever looking down and out into the world and into this creation and believing into the illusion, it's hard for us to know it. It's hard for us to be aware of God's presence or of that movement of grace that is there to assist us. 
But the moment we begin to look inward and upward and share our loving with God, that loving is going to come in, that grace is going to be present, and we will know it, and the grace will begin to assist us in this journey home. And the loving will clear away, just like a great breeze, will clear away all the debris that stands between us and God, if we will allow it. And that's a big one, if we will allow it. I myself have witnessed myself several times in this lifetime just experience that great wind of the Holy Spirit coming through me, lifting and taking away all this stuff that has stood between me and God. And all of a sudden I find myself going, wait, 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 wait. And I don't know if I want to let go of that. That's been so much a part of my life and so much a part of my belief system. What do I do if that's gone? Oh my God. And sometimes it has taken two or three times of that action to take place over days, weeks, months, or years in some cases to finally let go of it. Believe me, just let go of it. Don't hold on to anything. You're holding on to nothing. The illusion is nothing. This whole creation is nothing. Don't hold on to that which is of this world. Don't hold on to beliefs. Don't hold on to emotions. Don't hold on to the mind and its process. Don't hold on to people and possessions in this creation because they don't exist. They're nothing. They are all just illusion. And when you rise above this creation, truly rise above it as your soul and realize the truth of who you are as soul and you look down to see this creation for what it really is, I will tell you one thing you're going to see. You're going to see nothing. You're going to see nothing but all these sparks of light glimmering, glimmering, glimmering down here. And that's the souls that are living in the nothingness and believing the illusion that the nothing has created for us and that we have created for ourselves out of nothing. We have to let all the illusion go back to nothing so it doesn't have a hold on us and we no longer are going to be chasing after those things. We created it. It's like taking and putting our hands up in the air and somehow manifesting clay and then forming our life out of that clay. But we took it from nothing and we have to release it back into nothing. And that's what happens when we meditate and really hold our focus on the sacred name, in the loving with God, and opening to receive God's loving. The loving comes in and begins to transform things. And one of the transformations that takes place is the loving comes in and removes all the illusion well, it doesn't remove it all at once. I wish it did. 
but it will remove the illusions that stand between you and God at that moment and return it back into nothing. And then it's up to you to let that go so that you can stand in a greater freedom and in a greater place of awareness in the loving. And that all takes place first inside. The transformation is from within outward. It isn't out to in. We have to go inside and begin to transform who we are, how we live our life, where we live our life from. And that's all inside. And as we do that, everything in the outer will begin to change. Things will drop away. People will leave our lives. And we'll go, oh my God, my life is falling apart. I have no friends. Everybody's leaving me. But that's what you want. Are you kidding me? (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) But it is. Because in order for you to truly be able to leave this creation for the last time, and not have to return here again in re-embodiment or on other levels of this creation and to go home to God in its fullness, you have to let go of everything in this creation. You have to detach. You have to truly live in the oneness of truth in you. And that has nothing to do with this creation. And that's hard to believe and understand at first, but the more you go inside and meditate, the more you wake up inside to God, the more you're going to understand what I'm saying. That's so funny because I've shared things over the years. I've repeated things over and over and over in case you don't know that. I'll point that out to you so maybe you'll begin to hear that. And people will come up to me and go, golly, you've never said that before. That's just what I needed to hear. And I'll go, oh, let's see, I know of 10 CDs. (laughs) But I won't tell them, that's okay. (laughs) And I've had people such as Brian even come up and say, oh my God, three years ago you said so-and-so. And now I know it's true. Now I've lived it. Now I've experienced it. And up until then, That was just a bunch of words, and that's really true. All that I say, all that he says, is just a bunch of words until you live it. And the way you can live it is to go inside and wake up. You've got to wake up. We can't meditate for you. We cannot liberate your soul. We can give you the tools. We can inspire you. We can give you clarity. We can answer questions. But you have to do this. You are your own Savior. You are your own Messiah. No one else is your Messiah. No one else is your Savior. And God gives you the tool, the tool, the sacred name in initiation so that you have the vehicle, the means, the power by which to do the work inwardly. And if you do the inner work, the outer will transform. On this pathway, God has shared 
through all of his teachers, throughout all these centuries, many, many statements of truth for us to be aware of, to know, and to live. And one of them is this. We are to do our 10% every day. 10% of this journey of life and this creation is to be spent in focus on God every day, in meditation, in listening to CDs, whatever it might be, but you want to spend time in meditation every day because as you do that, you're going to wake up more. You're going to become aware of God and allow God into your life more. It may be subtle most of the time and it may be very bold and direct other times but it will be happening. And God says, if you will do your 10%, I will walk with you and be with you and do for you the other 90. And the other 90% is the rest of your day, the rest of your life. You do your spiritual part of spending 10% of the day with me, God, and I will spend all the other 90% with you in your day, walking with you and giving you understanding and clarity and focus and grace and ease in all that you're doing. And there are many of you here that know that to be true. Now, God doesn't say, and I'm going to come in and just take all your pain and all your suffering and all your anger and all those bad people out of your life. God says, I will walk with you, be with you, and do with you and the other 90%. And that's what you're going to find. You're still going to have your lessons to learn. You're still going to have the karmas to fulfill but you're going to find a lot of those karmas are going to be moved through quickly or be brought to completion without you doing very little sometimes. And as an initiate, a lot of the karmas actually can be completed or cleared in the meditation state or in the dream state. And then it's for you not to bring it back alive again, if that's the case. Let it go. So, today I learned something. And that is, there's not just one truth that is in this creation, but there's two. There's your soul, and there's the sacred name. The interesting thing is, you and the sacred name are one right now. There's no separation between you and that sacred name. But in order for the sacred name to truly be active in your life, you need to know that name consciously. It needs to be anchored in your mind so that your mind now has that particular key activated in it. What is the one thing that trapped the soul in this creation, the mind? And what is the one thing 
that we have to rise above in our meditation and in our spiritual practice to truly liberate ourselves from this creation. It's the mind. And receiving the sacred name and having them spoke to you and anchored inside of you at the mind so that now you have that to work with in the mind and in the soul to free yourself. That's how the liberation begins. We hold our attention above the mind. We chant the sacred name with the mind and above the mind to liberate the soul from its entrapment at the mind level. The other thing to be aware of is that we talk about chanting the hue or the who. It's funny. I have chanted the hue for a long time. And lately I am chanting it as who more and more and more because on the inner levels now I'm hearing it more in that that way. So I myself find myself chanting it as who. So I reference it both ways just because of that. And you might want to experiment to see which one might work better for you. And it's very interesting that the Greeks talked about the Greek philosophers such as Plato, Socrates, Aristotle, Pythagoras, and others talked about this pathway as a pathway of liberating the soul from the mind and said that we are human. We are God, Hugh, trapped in man, or manas, the mind. And that we, as man, or manas, mind, have to free ourselves, be freed of the mind, and rise once again free as the hue and live only as the hue and use the mind as an instrument and not let it be a trap. And that's what the sacred name does. It unlocks that door of the mind so that now the soul can rise above it and begin to break free of it and begin to take dominion over the mind and all this that is of the physical creation. Take dominion over it. Where before the mind has had dominion over the soul by trapping it here and keeping it focused down and out. And your responsibility is to don't play the game of the mind anymore. Don't believe what the mind is telling you. Don't give power to the mind. Don't believe into the fear. Don't believe into the illusion. Believe the truth, which is you, the soul, which is you, the loving, which is God dwelling here as loving through us. And just be the loving. There's nothing for you to fulfill here. You fulfilled it. Now you have to let go of the illusion that there's something more for you to do here. Doesn't your mind tell you, God, you're not doing it. You haven't fulfilled it. There's more for you to do. You're failing. 
I mean, what does your mind tell you? Don't believe it. Just like in the tale of Oz. Don't listen to the man behind the curtain. Well, the man behind the curtain is your mind. Don't believe it. It's not telling you the truth. It's doing a great deception on you. Do what you can to wake up to the truth inside of you. Spend time every day, whether it's 30 minutes, an hour, whatever it might be, chanting the hue, chanting the sacred name, holding your focus inward and upward, and just share your loving with God. And let God do the rest. I remember there was a commercial on TV years ago. Uh, it was uh, for a Greyhound bus, I think, called Leave the Driving to Us. <laughs> well, one day I was in meditation, and I heard that so loud and clear. But it said, leave the driving to me. Just leave the driving to me, Jim. And I realized that's what God wants to do now. God wants to be the driver. The soul wants to take charge and to just bring us home to God. And it knows the road. And we have to let go and let God. We have to let go and let God drive us home. God knows the way. Your mind doesn't. So pay attention to that little statement in the Bible. It's what you do in the body that matters, not what you do with the body. All right.